So, Birdie could not be on again this week because she's busy. But guess who I have? Grumpy. Grumpy J.F. Hi. Hi. My husband. Everybody's, so fun. I used to be dopey. Now I'm grumpy. <laughs> Get it? Dopey? Wink, wink. And now he's... I want to be Doc someday. You do? That's my favorite dwarf. Is that, does that mean you have to get your medical degree? I don't think so. Oh, then what are you going to be? A doctor of what? I don't know. You don't know. That's his favorite reply to everything is, I don't know. Does it matter? Do I have to be a doctor of anything? Well, to be called Doc, you have to be a doctor. I don't think you do. I think you just, so the last name has to be Doherty. Oh, well, I don't think your name's changing at 57. You never know. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure your name isn't going to change. Well, you never know. You think? <laughs> We'll see. I want to say hi to our new friend in Virginia and our friend in Dallas. All these people are reaching out and it feels awesome. And so my topic today, I want to talk about. What is your topic? My topic is being married to somebody in recovery and making sure you keep your side of the street clean and you don't become the other person's sponsor or you don't become the other person's babysitter. You don't take their inventory. All this stuff. Being in a relationship with an alcoholic mm-hmm. that's in recovery. Not for the faint of heart. Not for the faint of heart at all. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it? Um, I don't know, it, particularly, if being in a relationship with somebody in recovery is hard. You know, my, In my experience, relationships in general are not easy. But you throw... I know that you've been in a relationship with people that are using and then people that are sober. Well, I which have, is I, <laughs> I, have lo- I have lots of relationships with lots of people. But... You know, it says in our literature, you know, relationships are not easy for us. And uh, I believe that. So if you... How do you maintain not judging the other person and not giving your opinion and knowing... I guess it's... I mean, the fact is, I do go to a lot of meetings, so you don't have to say to me, oh, my God, are you going to a meeting? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that I say that to you probably more than I, than you say that to me. Probably. But yeah. that probably has something to do with, you know, you're judging me or taking my inventory. Inside, and I need to go to a meeting, right? <laughs> that's, that's what that's all about. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's part of human nature is judging people. And we judge people, and we don't like what they're doing, and we sit here, and we, it feels uncomfortable, though, when we see somebody go, going, oh, my gosh, you could do, if you just did this one little thing. Yeah, like a, a ninth step or a fifth step or whatever it is, right? No. But it's not my job to tell you what you need to do with your program. But what do you do when somebody's around you that is, isn't working a program and it drives you crazy? Uh, what do I usually do? I try to just, like, be a very arm's length and um, honestly uh, not be around as much as possible. <laughs> My the hardest thing is, and and, and I, I I work on this a lot is to it it in in let in my judgment let somebody chase their tail all they need to do all they need to chase it and just have me stay out of it. So the hardest part is when you have somebody that's wants to draw you in and you don't want to be drawn in and that's the most difficult part is just to 
let them do what they need to do. Understand um, that that's the process that they're in and uh, just stay out of it. What if you, I mean, so that's like kind of setting a boundary. Would you say that? It's definitely setting a boundary. And one thing I know is for sure is that I don't have any answers. You know, I do not have the answers. Um, I don't have the answers for you. I don't have the answers for me. My higher power has the answers for me. I know that. And uh, um, the only thing I can possibly do would be to say, you know, this is the way I got my relationship with the higher power. Who has all the answers for me? So maybe if you have a relationship with a higher power, you'll get the answers that you need. But I am definitely not your higher power, and I don't have the answers for you. So and I think probably that people find that frustrating because people want answers. But I know that there's something that you say a lot, and you say besides I don't know. Besides I don't know, which <laughs> if you guys can't tell, drives me crazy. But um, you say that. Especially in our 12-step program, it's not it's, – it's a program of action and not a program of thinking. Right. But how do you – how do you do that? Like how do you tell someone that? So if somebody says to you, you know what, I am with this person and let's say I'm the guy. I'm married to this woman and she says she's going to get sober and she doesn't. But she's on Suboxone and she's not using the stuff that she was before. But she doesn't go to meetings and I don't know what to do. What would your advice be? My advice would be do the next right thing. Which is what? You know what the next right thing is to do. You always know what the next right thing is to do. I'm not asking for me. I'm asking for our listeners so you can describe I'm it to t- them. I'm telling the listener that's what you need to do is the next right thing for you. Okay, you'll find the next right thing for you to do, and that's what you need to do. Now, a lot of times for me, the next right thing for me is just do nothing and say nothing. Now, I didn't know that for a long time, that an action I can take is do nothing. That is an action that I can take. Say nothing is an action that I can take. Um, and I can try to sit with something until I intuitively know what it is that I need to do. And I have never been let down in that process. Um, I, it, I don't always get the answers in the timely fashion that, that I would like, which is, you know, if not immediately, then at least before immediately, whatever that is. You know, I want instant gratification all the time. It doesn't work that way. But I've always found my way. You know, the, the higher power has always led me the way I needed to be led. And all I need to do is leave it alone, pretty much. So that's always my answer to all my sponsees or anybody else's. Just do the next right thing. It's within you to find the next right thing. I can't tell you what the next right thing is for you to do because I don't know. Right. I know that for me, I've been feeling, and for those of you that weren't, um, you know, last week I talked about, you know, all your dreams coming true. And I have to tell you for about, I, I don't know how many days it was. I would probably say, how many days was it? Let's see, Wednesday, thir- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. That's six days, right? So six days, I was in a place where I was completely uncomfortable. I was taking it, and it was about me. And I was taking it out on you, and I was taking it out on people around me. I was doing things that I really don't like to do, which is like smoking cigarettes. And I was really uncomfortable. Do you agree? I agree, yes. Absolutely. And so for me, I had to call my 
person that I call my sponsor and say, okay, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm feeling. This is how, okay. So, and you might say, well, how are you feeling? And I was, and I'll tell you this, when I am working and I don't know if you agree with this, Jeff, but when I'm working a program and I'm around my peeps and let's face it, I have been going to the pretty much the same 12 step meeting every day for four years. I knew every person there. I knew all their stories. If somebody new came in, I got to know them. But I didn't have to feel uncomfortable there. And I was in the middle of the bed, meaning the middle of the sack, meaning the middle of the, like, middle of a tribe, the middle of everything. Like, I had a big support group around me. And plus, you were in the middle of your comfort zone. And I was in the middle of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so I come to Florida, and I take myself out of that comfort zone. I take myself out of the comfort zone and I'm like, holy tololi, oh my God, I feel really uncomfortable. And when I, when there's something up with me, I react. Do you agree with yourself doing that? I don't know if you, you would because Jeff's kind of perfect. So what do you think? Well, yeah, I, I, I've, I know that over time I've gotten better at not being as reactive as I used to be. Um, and I'm also much more aware of when I'm reacting because I don't like to react. I, my, I've never been told to get into reaction. You know, I've only been told to get into action. And I know that's the answer. It's always get into action. And so, so I'm going to, I'm going to finish my story right now and, and then you can chime in okay. about getting into action and how I got into action. So this is the deal. So I get down to Florida. I'm here. All my dreams have come true. It's beautiful here. It's two degrees in Philadelphia. I mean, a friend of mine was flying back the other day, and when they landed, they're like, welcome to the North Pole. And um, so I'm here, and it's warm weather. I'm, I'm getting a tan. Um, there's great sobriety down here. But until I went to a 12-step meeting and literally raised my hand and said, I need help, I got phone numbers when I did that. I said, I need help. I want, I want to be back in the middle of the bed. I want to be back in the middle of the pack. I want to have a comfort zone here. And I feel like it's coming slowly. I also had to call my sponsor and I had to talk to him and I had to do a fear inventory. And people that are listening that don't go to 12-step meetings, like a fear inventory, it's like I wrote down everything that I was fearful of. And some things were so crazy because I'm fearful of getting what I want. I'm fearful of not getting what I want. Do you know what I mean? Sounds like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. It's And I haven't had a drink in 12 and a half years. I still feel like this. So I had to write it down. And then I had to pray and ask God to take those away, my fears. That was action for me. Sounds like all of it was action. So can you give us an example of what kind of action you get into? Well, I, my action is I, I always aim for the same thing. Which is what? Which is do the next right thing. Okay, and that is, and I'm, a, I, I, <clears throat> I think a lot of people think like, like, what is with him? Like he, he's just so, I don't know, zen or whatever the word is. I mean, I don't know if you're it's zen. like it's not very concrete to explain, but it's just it's just do the next right thing. So if the next right thing is you know, call a sponsor, talk to somebody else, ask for help, I can do that. If the next right thing is to, like I said. Be quiet, sit down, go for a walk. Um, you know, hopefully I can do that. I just try to find my way that way. You know, I have this belief that um, <clears throat> I, as I, I'm moving through a, 
a day that's made up of an infinite number of moments and I'm just going from moment to moment to moment and I'm trying to be in the moment and you know it's when I'm in action that I'm in the moment and the action that I'm always looking for is whatever is the next right thing to do. So I guess it fe- you have a feeling internally that says, okay, either this, be quiet, don't do anything. B, get out and take a walk. C, go to a, go to well, a 12-step meeting. Well, here's the thing, honey, is that I, I try. Uh, one of the things I ask for you know, in my, in my morning prayer every morning is that I can be aligned with my higher power so that I can open myself up to infinity. So I don't have A, B, or C because there's there's not enough letters for infinity, you know, and I try to be open. I, I really work hard at I human being, so it's very hard to do. Um, thank God it's progress, not perfection, but I try to just be open to whatever. And I try not, and that's where I always say, like, thinking is overrated. Okay, once I start thinking about something, I'm limiting all my options. Right. I limit my options right down to whatever I can think of. And I can't think of nearly as much as my higher power can think of. And that's why, it, you know, I said at the beginning of this meeting or of this, this talk that, you know, my higher power knows what's right for me. I don't know what's right for me, but he does. And that's, that's, that's the seeking that I need to do. That's the openness that I need to try to have all the time. You know, but I'm human. We're all human, and it's like I can't imagine infinity. Um, I can only imagine what my little teeny little human mind can imagine. And, you know, it used to be either my way or the wrong way was the only two things that I could imagine, right? Right. Like if it didn't go my way, it was the wrong way. Right. And and I've gotten better. I've gotten to the point where, like, if things don't go my way, that's fine. You know, generally I'm okay with that. Um, and it's mostly because I don't spend a lot of time trying to figure out what my way is going to be. You know, right. I just try to be and try to do. That's sort of the Zen thing I was talking about. I mean, that's my philosophy in life is let let myself be open to infinity. And then I, I feel that way. Like then every option, every possibility out there is a possibility for, for me. Um, you know, but when I'm in myself and that's why we always say like we get in our own way ah man can i get in my own way because i i might be like a brilliant person or at least think i am and like have all kinds of ideas of what could possibly happen but it's still limited you know it's only as many as i can think of um and if i want to keep thinking about it i guess i could just sit here for days and days and days and think about things. You ever do that? And but find that I've never, I haven't done anything. Oh, I've I did just it been, for four days. Because yeah. I've just <laughs> been thinking and thinking and thinking and I've done nothing. And guess what? I still haven't opened myself up to all the possibilities. All I've done is made my world smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, I make my world exactly JF-sized if I'm given the opportunity to. And that's such a tiny little world. Why would I want to do that to myself? But we do it. But we do it. It's human nature. I know. And it's totally uncomfortable now for me. Do you, I mean, do you find that? To open myself up? Or to not open yourself Like when you I sit just, there. Yeah, I just don't do it. I really don't. I don't. You know me pretty well. I don't spend a lot of time worrying about what's going to happen in a day or a week or a month. I just don't. 
I refuse to go there, and you know that too. I would say, like, why can't we just be here and enjoy where we are instead of, like, being five minutes from now and, and how terrible that's going to be, you know? Let's just be here. Let's be and do. Let's be and do. I mean, and you know, my friend said to me the other day, and I was like, he, he was like, take a deep breath. Talk to me. Take a deep breath. Let's take a deep breath. And look at your feet because that's where you are, where your feet are. Mm-hmm. And that's something I think is a great way to get people to be like in the moment. Yeah, whatever it takes for you. I agree. I mean, you know, here I am. Here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I think everything's good here. Well, I've never been in a moment that wasn't great in my entire life. And I've been through terrible tragedies. And but I've never been in a moment that wasn't great, you know, because it's the moments are where God is. It's where life is. And it's all great. Yeah. I mean, I can go through a terrible tragedy as a sober person. Anyway, I can go through a terrible tragedy and and be appropriate and. It's tragic, but it's not bad. You know, it wasn't wasn't an awful thing. Um, I got through it with because of my higher power, with with grace and uh, with dignity, and I was probably helpful to some people, and you know, doing what I needed to do. And it, like those, ter- they're terrible things, but they are good experiences for me. And something else that you say, I just wanted to bring up, is that you say. Sometimes you're like, I'm like, was it good or was it bad? And you're like, it doesn't always need to have that label. Well, I, I don't believe there is good or bad. I believe there only is, is that's all that that's, there's just is. Um, and it's me and my little mind that decides if it's good or bad. And here's how I make the decision. If it's going my way, it's good. (laughs) <laughs> if it's not going my way, it's bad. And that's that simple. And I realized that about myself, it, I mean, it, probably five or six years ago. It took me that long in sobriety to figure it out. Because I heard, always heard people say, you know, not every day in sobriety is good. There's bad days in sobriety. But I'm thinking if what I learned was that, you know, <clears throat> acceptance is the answer to all my problems and that everything that happens in God's world is exactly as it should be. So if that's the if that's the case, if I really believe that, then how could anything ever be bad? And I was like, oh, I get it. It's I'm the one that decides if it's good or bad. And I don't know. I, I I'm not smart enough to know if it really is good or bad. You know, because I can look back on my life now and say, I thought that was a really bad thing that happened. But you know, now because of God's plan, I look back. It's like, well, thank God that happened because that got me to where I am now. And, and that's a good thing. So I really don't know. So I, it's like the glass half empty or the glass half full. Let somebody else be the judge of that. All I need to know is there's something in the glass. There is no good or bad. There only is, is. And, you know, it's just my perceptions, my attitudes that make that decision for me. And when I do that to myself, I make myself unhappy most of the time. So if we have somebody out there that's like, what should I do if my spouse is not doing what I think is the right thing to do? We just let it go. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that you don't know what the right thing is for your spouse to do. But you do know what is the right thing for you to do. And that's what you need to do. Right. 
find your right action and take it. So it's not change somebody else because that never works, does it, honey? No, it does not. It no. does not. I can tell you that. Right. It's not change somebody else. It's change you and whatever that means, you know, because you can't change somebody else. And I'll also say, how could you be, I mean, so supremely arrogant to assume that you know what's best for another human being that's a child of God, not a child of you? Well, that's a whole nother topic. Because <laughs> <laughs> those children I gave birth to, you know, I always do think I'm... You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I can't change another person. And I think acceptance was huge. You brought up acceptance during this conversation too, which is amazing. I love acceptance. As you know, I love that page. It just says, you know, we all, we all are where we are supposed to be in God's world. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's that old saying, it says like, if you... You know, I got handed lemons, so I made lemonade. And, um, you know, that's nice, but, you know, what if you want to make a lemon pie? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's there's so many other things you can do. And it's just like, what's so bad about being handed lemons, right? I mean, that's my point. And I don't know what is a lemon and, and, and what isn't in my life. Like I said before, things that I thought were terrible that happened to me ended up being great things that happened to me. And uh, things that I probably thought were great things that happened to me ended up being not such good things that happened to me, you know? Yeah. I mean, they just weren't. I mean, I think about, like, in my drinking days, you know, I might have stumbled across a bottle of liquor, right? And I was like, oh, this is great, you know? (laughs) Wasn't that great, JF? You know, but at the time, it seemed like it was a great thing, right? Yeah. You know, so I, I just, I don't know what's good and what's bad. Um. I only know what that that my higher power has a plan for me that my higher power knows a lot more than I do um and that if I can be accepting and and it's so interesting about that cuz part of acceptance for me is the hardest part of acceptance for me is kind of tied in with gratitude and I I'm generally a grateful person but I've been I've been sp- backsliding in this a lot and that is that you know i need to be grateful for the things that i get in my life that i don't want um so give us an example because somebody again might not understand what you mean so like you get it so so you've been given what well let's say like for instance i got a you know a light clicked on in my car and i had to take it in and it cost a thousand dollars to get it fixed okay um i need to be grateful for that Okay, okay, how do you do that? Well, it's practicing gratitude. Now, I don't know what God's plan is, but I do know this. And I'll put it, here, here's a good example. I think this is a really good example for me. So I'm in my house, in my old house one day, and uh, I needed to, I had an appointment, and I don't like to be late, and you know I don't like to be late. Um, and I got tied up in something, and I was like, I got very worked up because I was going to be late for my appointment. And as I'm sitting in my house and I'm watching the clock tick by when I would have left, um, and I ended up leaving like five minutes after that, in that time period of when I would have left and just a couple minutes after that, I heard a tremendous accident happen at the intersection that I would have driven through. And, uh, And I was thinking, oh, my God, like if I had left on time, I probably would have been in that intersection when the accident happened. 
Um, so here I am thinking this is because I forget exactly what happened. Something broke in the house. It was something dumb like that that made me late. And uh, and that's when I came to understand, like, okay, so the my higher power orchestrated whatever he needed to orchestrate to keep me from being in that accident um, only because he has plans for me to be of use and of help at some point, you know, further on down the road. So when I get stuck in traffic, I generally, I'm, I've gotten very good at that. It, like, I'm stuck in traffic for a reason, you know, and it's beyond my my uh, ability to understand why, but I just need to accept that I'm stuck in traffic for a reason and I'm probably being protected from whatever's further on down the road. I think that's a pretty easy example to understand. I think um, it is too. So I should be grateful when I'm stuck in traffic. Thank you, higher power, for keeping me out of harm's way. And it sounds crazy, but it's the truth. You know, because once again, I don't know what's good for me and I don't know what's bad for me. I've proven that over and over again in my life. Um, so when I'm really mad about something that's happened to me, I'm probably wrong. I love that. Mm-hmm. Thanks, JF. Sure, anytime, honey. I really appreciate it. Yep. So everybody that's listening, we hope you have a fabulous day and a fabulous week. And if you have any topics or things you want us to talk about next week, please write to me at busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y, at busy living sober, B-U-S-Y. And remember to keep getting busy living sober. And again, hello, my friend in Virginia and my friend in Texas. Miss you guys. And my friends in Jersey. All right. Keep getting busy living sober. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, all those things. Busy living sober. Take care, everybody. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.